Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children over the age of 21, welcome to the Hop Nation USA podcast. We are here for episode 10, and we made it into the double digits, boys. Congratulations. Uh, hooray. Wow. I mean, <laughs> someone's not excited about that. I was very excited. I'm, I'm really not, and, and I'll explain why. It's only 10. We shouldn't be excited about something that we expected to get to. Now, when we get to, say, 50 or 100, yeah, I'll celebrate. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I'll probably celebrate every 10 we hit. That's like doing reps at a gym. Uh, I do reps at 15. Whoa. Whatever. Ten, ten, is, ten is for high schoolers. Fifteen is for real men. Wow. All right. Well. All right. I do twelve. So. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. It's like college level. Three sets of twelve. I'm all right with that. What do you do, Steve? Oh, an exercise, please. Oh. <laughs> all right. So with with me here today, as you may have already guessed, my two co-hosts, Steve and Adam, who you already heard from. I didn't even get to introduce them yet. But Steve, to my right, as always. What's up, buddy? Not too much, buddy. Just hanging out, ready for some beers. Ready for some fun podcasting today now that we're in the double digits? Let's do some double digit podcasting. Awesome. What the hell was that? Huh? I'm bringing up the energy. Oh, <laughs> That's all right. a double digits voice, Adam. That's oh. my double digits voice. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. It is now? Yeah. So across from me, also as always, is Adam. What's up, Adam? Not much. I was, I'm really just kind of confused with what Steve's trying to pull off over here. I ain't playing no game. Which I find this interesting because uh, before we started recording, we were talking that this is a, a pretty mellow evening right now. We're not all entirely jazzed up. So Sam actually brewed up some espresso. Uh, I had a cup. Sam had a cup. So it's interesting that Steve, the one that did not have the espresso, is the one that's all fired up right now. I run on natural energy. I'm seeing this. It's all that natural energy from not working out. That's right. <laughs> it's all pent up. It's got to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. It just goes out your mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully your passion and energy really go into this podcast. That's what I'm tonight. hoping for as well. I, I really hope so. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I'm doing well, Sam. I, excellent. I'm excellent. feeling well. I've got a good outlook on life. So, Sam, how are you doing? It seems like we never actually ask you how you are doing and, and wait for a, a solid answer from you. Well, Adam, I am doing great. And it took you 10 episodes to ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> but I'm glad that you finally picked this one to do it because here's why I'm doing awesome. So, tomorrow is one of my favorite events in sports. And for those that enjoy the first weekend in May as much as I do, you know that I'm talking about the Kentucky Derby, the two most exciting minutes in sports. Have you guys ever, do you guys watch the Kentucky Derby? Have you seen it before? I usually do catch it on TV. It's not a must-see TV for me for me or anything. I don't have a Kentucky Derby party or anything like that, but I always enjoy catching it. It is the most two exciting minutes in sports. It's fun, and I I tell you what, I'm not usually a gambler. Like, I I will go to a casino literally to try new beers that I can find in the (laughs) casino, but when it comes to horse racing, I'm a gambler. I love betting on horses. I think it's a great time. It is the sport of kings. That is true, and as we all know, I am a king, right? Sure. Well, maybe maybe in my eyes, but Steve, what about you? you? You a fan of the derby? I've seen the horses run once or twice. Wow, the excitement is just yeah, radiating well, he, out of this yeah, one. So. <laughs> Shot is wide and he's done. Man, yep. I tell you what. I got all winded. Episode 10. Oh, you got wait, Maybe you should uh, exercise a little bit more. No. You can get past the first segment. No, I'm good. All right. <laughs> Jeez. I'll drag through. Well, I'll make me it. and Adam will pick up the pace for you. You're darn here. right. We will carry you across the line. Exactly. 
With that, let's get into our first beer of the day. Before we do that, I definitely want to introduce our beer theme. So as the Kentucky Derby is tomorrow, and it's a very exciting time in sports, we decided to kind of play into that. And today we are going to be kind of racing to the finish line with some horse beers. Horse now, beers! Now you might be wondering what the hell a horse beer is. And I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to kind of let you find out as we go through the show. So let's talk about our first beer here today, Adam. And why don't you introduce it for us? So right out of the gate, uh, pun completely uh, intended. All right. Yeah, I like hey, that pun. Hey, I, I, I didn't take advantage last episode of all the car puns. <laughs> So I'm gonna you start. You didn't get enough in. I didn't get enough in, so I'm gonna horse around a little bit more with this. Oh Jesus! Yes. Awesome. The first one we are trying is appropriate enough. It is actually from White Horse Brewing. Uh, it is their Rebellion Red Ale. They are out of Berlin, Pennsylvania. Okay, so kind of sort of local to our state. They are well, they're local to the state because they're in the state. <laughs> More kind of where like, is Berlin is essentially what I was asking. <laughs> I'm not even sure I know where Berlin, PA is. Berlin, Pennsylvania is it is actually about 75 miles outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, it's in Somerset County, so it's up in the mountains. Oh, okay. Very uh, nice. And in addition to that, it is you know it from another food staple, not just beer, but from potato chips. That is actually the home of Snyder of Berlin. Oh, yeah. yes, Snyder's. So they that, make some damn good chips. Yes. So I like those guys. So the town of Berlin, which is a very small town, it's only about two or three thousand people. Okay. Uh, have you been there? No. Or if I have, I don't remember it because I blinked and <laughs> maybe you just right through. Zipped right through. I, I've never been to this place. This is the first time I've ever tried anything from White Horse. I don't know if you guys have ever tried anything. It's the first time I'm really seeing anything from them. So. So hopefully, yeah, interesting. new for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is actually brewed with oak spirals. Okay. So that should give it a little more of a, a, a natural flavor to it. Uh, clocks in at about 5.4% alcohol. Okay, so not too heavy. No, no. I think this is a good one to uh, to trot out onto the track with. Man, you are on fire today. We've literally probably not even gone 10 minutes, and I no. think you've already hit three. No, and, I, and I'm good gonna, ones too. I'm going to keep going, too. Please do. So I'm going to open this bad boy up. Well, as we try this one, I guess you could say it's going to really set the pace for the night. Oh, oh, I got sir. one. I got one. Did you hear? Guys, did you hear? I, I got one. I did. Wow, good for you. Too bad this isn't a TV show where we could have like one of those little virtual counters by each mm. one of our heads and see by the end of the show who has the most puns. Too uh, bad this isn't like a TV show where we could have a laugh track to actually you know, make <laughs> us feel good about our dumbasses. <laughs> Who is laughing right now? All right, we got the beer. We got the beer poured. Yes. So, what does it look like, Steve? This has a really nice caramel color to it, even though it says it's a red ale. It's a little more on the brownish side. I like it though. It's very clear. Yes, and it is. It's got a nice carbonation to it. A little bit of a head retention, not too much. Pretty thin. Yeah, it is pretty thin, but that's okay. So it actually clocks in at 31 IBUs. So it is. It's not very hoppy at all, and I wouldn't expect it to be. I mean, it's a, it's a, if it's a red ale, yeah. Yeah. It's, Outside of that time, we had the Krayak that you know that had some IBUs to it. Yeah, I, but that was intentional. That was one hundred percent right. intentional. Right. That was the point of the beer. Although my personal opinion is that it was pointless. <laughs> On the nose of this, it smells like a red ale. It smells it smells like a red ale, almost, it, but it's got a little. It, it almost smells like it's got a, a a hint of barrel aging to it, and I would point that towards the, the oak spirals that are in it. There's almost a 
tinge of some sort of fruit though that yeah. I can't I can't quite place. That's what I was kind of thinking. Like it almost smells up front kind of like a saisonish type of beer. I think. Yeah. I, At least to me it does. I can't place the fruit I'm smelling though. Kind of maybe. I don't know. Kind of kind of getting a couple whiffs of strawberry here. Maybe that's it. I like it's it's a, a strawberry maybe a grape. It smells almost like grape jelly. Just a little tiny hint. Almost like it was. See, I'm getting more of a strawberry jam. I'm not getting any grape. So perhaps the the oak spirals that they use came from a wine barrel or something like that. Maybe possible. Um, I'm just gonna drink it. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Maybe okay. that'll help yeah. clarify what some of those flavors might be. Ooh, that is not like any other red that I have had. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't. What's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that, that is not the taste I was expecting. That was a way more sour than I was expecting. Yeah. Weird. It, it kind of hit me. Wow, I was not expecting to have any tartness to this beer. So Right, yeah. It, it there's, leads, a, there's a real tart back end on it. it. It leads me to believe that it is, in fact, not strawberries. I'll buy And that. maybe something more like a pomegranate? Ah, pomegranate. Now, I will say that that is, that is absolutely 100 intense. 100% intended. I'm actually reading through the description on their website. I'm cheating a little bit here, and I'm willing to admit that. But as part of their description, they say that the red ale starts with a pop, which I 100% agree with that. It ends like a fine wine on the back of your tongue. Yeah, that's, that yeah, that's dead on. Yeah. Absolutely that's, that's a pretty accurate on. description. I think this beer is going to be one of these that we're going to have to sip on before we can even start to formulate an opinion on this. Because okay. uh, it is yeah. a very unique taste to it. While we sip on this, what's new, gentlemen? Anything fun and exciting go on this past week in the world of Pittsburgh or craft beer or just your lives in general? I started watching a new show. Do you guys ever hear of the show The Leftovers? I have. I have not. Okay, so it's a show on HBO, and I've been hearing a lot about how it's just kind of boring and everything. But then, like, I guess the third season did something crazy, which I don't know yet because I'm not that far. How far okay. along are you? I'm like midway season two. Oh, okay. Like, what is the show, The Leftovers? What are they? Is it like a, after, you know, after a Thanksgiving meal <laughs> where you just have a bunch of leftovers and then each episode after that is just finishing those leftovers? I guess that would make sense if it was a really boring show. But actually, it's about kind of the rapture, but not. The inciting incident for this whole program is it starts you out with just every a whole bunch of people disappearing from off the planet. Just gone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then it fast forwards you three years later after that incident. And you find that 140 million some people just disappeared. Okay. And nobody knows why. You follow the people in this small town in New York. And like kind of the way they deal with everything and everything that happened. It's a, it's a really interesting kind of character study mm -hmm. on the way people respond to like trauma and stuff like that. Hmm. It's... Because you know, like again, so far you haven't, uh, you know, I haven't found out why everybody disappeared. <laughs> so is this? It sounds like it's a combination of lost and left behind. Funny you just said lost. Uh, it's actually by one of the uh, show creators of Lost. Oh, uh, okay. Well, not the creator because that was J.J. Abrams, but wow. one of the original writers, uh, Damon Lindelof. Okay. Same writer. Oh, all right. So that would definitely. Uh yeah, have some influence on the story. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of Lost influence in there. Is there a polar bear? Uh, not yet. Good. It's a very interesting premise for a show. Where'd you, which channel did you say it's on? It's HBO. on HBO. Yeah. Okay, hmm. I'm going to have to check that out. This kind of sounds like that show Under the Dome. Remember that one? It's based on the Stephen King book where that dome just came over a small town. Oh, you mean the Simpsons movie? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean... <laughs> 
But yeah, this dome just comes down over this town, and it's about the people living in the dome trying to figure out, A, what happened, and B, how to cope with it. Yeah, I would say it's about the same thing. I say give it a watch, and I'm intrigued to find out what set off everybody to say, like, season three got way better. So you got hooked. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'm, like, the first two seasons, I'm really enjoying, so I don't understand... What got so much better? Right. Hmm. I'm like, how does this get much, much better? Only one way to find out. I know. Just keep, keep watching. Keep <laughs> going. Stay tuned. Same bat time, same bat channel. Adam, what about you? You do anything fun and exciting? Start any new TV shows? Drink any new beers? Oh, I've drank all sorts of new beers. I uh, haven't really started any any new TV shows. Uh, the one thing I am excited about, I am actually finally able, uh, my schedule has actually allowed me to do this, uh... I'm actually able to take out uh, one of my cars, and I'm actually able to go racing this weekend, and I'm very excited about it. I know the weather's not going to be great. I also know I'm not going to care. Uh, I haven't been able to turn a wheel in anger, anger since last fall, and I am overjoyed that I can go out and do that again. Awesome. Are you taking out the Miata or the GTO? Uh, I'm taking the Miata. Uh, the GTO is... Track day, bro. Track day, bro. Hoosiers. Got some Hoosiers. <laughs> uh, no, the GTO is pretty much like a hippopotamus on a frozen lake. Okay. It's not great. Fair enough. It's not great at all. It's fun as hell. You're not gonna. You're not gonna do anything out there. Uh, so the Miata is is being called to duty. That is a lot more fun, a lot more agile, a lot less horsepower, but it's also a lot cheaper to fix if something goes wrong. <laughs> you're not swinging your ass everywhere. No, well, I'll do that too. It's just parts are a lot cheaper. <laughs> so what kind of racing do you get into? The main one that I'll do is what's called autocross. Uh, that is a much lower impact racing than a lot of people would anticipate on on the service it sounds very lame i'll be perfectly honest uh it's a timed course set on a large patch of pavement or concrete or something like that a parking lot if you will and it's a timed course through cones different cones mean different things and you're racing against different cars in your class things like that what makes things exciting is you can win by a thousandth you can lose by a thousandth uh i have been to events where there have been three cars in my class where we've all been separated by less than, I think it was 40 thousandths of a second hmm. at the end of the day. So that's where things get real exciting. Plus, you get to, let's be honest, you get to go have fun with your car in a controlled environment, and that's that's just that's awesome. Everybody there is just big kids with big toys, and it's a really good environment. Everybody's friendly. Everybody's there to help and have a good time. There's no real, you know, jag-offs. It's not a jag-off environment. That's good. Uh, and you have got to watch those jag-offs, especially yes. in Pittsburgh. <laughs> but it, because it's slightly different, uh, and I, I'm going to badmouth them a little bit, but car shows, sometimes they can have a bit of, bit of a bad reputation, some bad eggs, people trying to show off. It, it's not necessary for that sort of thing. But uh, with autocross, you don't get that crowd a lot. Uh, it's there, people that are there to have fun and enjoy themselves and enjoy their machines. Excellent. So I'm picturing it, it's kind of like Race Wars from The Fast and the Furious. It is 0% like that. <laughs> you're not, you're, well, it's probably because you're not in the desert and Vin Diesel and Paul Walker aren't there, but everything else is probably Correct. exactly the same. Uh, there there are there are similar vehicles. Uh, I know the S2000 from the original movie. Uh, that is a very popular car to use. Uh, I wouldn't mind having one, I'll be perfectly honest. But no, it's nothing like The Fast and the Furious. What about you, Sam? What do you got cooking? Well, speaking of cooking, I'm glad that you said that because this is something new to me. I'm a bit of a foodie. So I got to eat Branzino for the first time this week. What the hell is Branzino? So Branzino, and I'm sure people have seen this in TV, movies, but you don't find it a lot at restaurants. Branzino is a type of fish, and it's where they serve the entire fish whole. You have the innards, 
but then you also have the head and the tail attached to it. So they cook it up and you can, um, you just get to enjoy it right there. So it's a pretty interesting dish. And if you actually go out onto our social media accounts, Twitter and Instagram, I posted a picture of the Branzino that I ate there. I tell you what, it was nothing like I had really eaten before. So I started going into this Branzino and I, when it came, it came out piping hot and it looked amazing. So of course, the first thing I had to do was snap a picture of it because that's what people do now. They just take pictures of their food. Gotta get it on that gram. Yeah, and then I started eating it and I really didn't kind of understand what I was doing and I just dug in. Well, Branzino has a lot of ribs. This is a very ribby fish and mm -hmm. they're very small, kind of like anchovy bones. Okay. So if you just start digging in and crack one of those bad boys off, you gotta be very careful before you swallow or you're gonna have one of those get lodged in your throat, which is not good. So kind of figured it out afterwards. And I will say a Branzino is much easier to eat with your fingers. Is that how it's supposed to be eaten with your fingers? Is that the, the standard procedure? I don't know. So the restaurant that I got it at was actually a Spoonwood Brewery. Hmm. And when the chef brought it out, he gave me no indication of how I should eat this thing. So <laughs> it was kind of just, I was left up to my own devices to figure this out. And I probably did it completely wrong, but you know, the fish itself was very flaky. It tasted good. Hmm. Uh, it was cooked well, well prepared. Uh, so I enjoyed it. Is it uh, similar to like a white fish? Yeah, it's very okay. similar to a white fish. Okay. So that was great. Had some Branzino. And also, in the drink category, since we haven't really talked about some exciting beers yet, I got to uh, try for the third time one of my absolute all-time favorite beers this week. That is, of course, the Goose Island Bourbon County Stout. Of course it is. I love the Bourbon County Stout. I know you guys have tried it. Don't know if the audience has had a chance to try it out, but this beer is absolutely amazing. And the one that I got to try this time around was actually, excuse me, barrel aged from 2014. So it's something that has now been in the barrel. It's been aging, it's been cooking, it's been absorbing all of that great bourbon flavor. And it's been in there for a couple years and they finally released it. And it was just an absolute joy to try. That is one of my all time favorite beers. I must say that might be my favorite just kind of plain stout that I've ever had. Well, like, can you really call it plain if it's barrel well, aged? It's I mean, got I, a great bourbon flavor to what it. I guess when I, when I say plain, I mean just like it's a stout. It's not uh, like a gimmick in a way. Like I love like Southern Tier stouts, like the Creme Brulee and the Warlock and everything. It's not a flavored stout. Right, right, it right. It just gets its flavor from... Right, from the because you could, because I mean, technically, you could take any of those Southern Tier, you know, stouts mm -hmm. and put them in a bar bourbon barrel as well. Something and age them. Yeah, well, yeah. well, the the Pump King, they they had the Rum King, exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They ha they have ventured down that path before, right? Mm -hmm. That didn't work out too well, but you didn't like it. <laughs> nah, I didn't like it. Really, I enjoyed it. When I say it's a plain stout, it, it's just a stout. That's gotcha. been put in a bourbon barrel, and it just ages so well, and it comes out, it's velvety smooth. It is. Yeah. It is, because I also had it uh, this weekend as well. Something tells me uh, we got it all from the same We tap. may have been together. <laughs> we, yeah. may have, we may have all been in the same place. We may have all been at Caliente, but uh, yeah, boy, oh boy, that was the first time I ever had it, and that shot right to the top of my list. It was pretty damn good. It's still pretty damn good. I, yeah. I will willfully admit that. That is one of the few beers that I will legitimately go and seek out. Like normally if I've had a beer before, I'm like, and you know, I have to drive a distance to, to get it. I'd probably pass on it and go with something that's a little bit closer or just drink something I have at home. But that Bourbon County style, I will travel wherever 
to get a sample of that because it is just it is it is perfection to me it is like steve said it's velvety smooth it's so flavorful and the way that that beer captures those bourbon flavors is just unlike any other beer i've ever tried it's amazing so if you haven't tried it definitely get out there and do that and something i noticed when i was checking it in on untapped is there are a number of different variations of it really yeah they're, they're, like there's something called a proprietor's stock huh so that must be very special i'm assuming there's um there's a coffee version there's a cherry version Ooh, i don't know about the cherry version i i could definitely get down on a cherry version i think yeah, I didn't know that. I've had it three times now, and every time it was—it's varied in year, mm-hmm. but it's right, not right. varied in style. Right. Yeah. See, I—I I think there's just the regular Bourbon County that always comes out, but I think there's always maybe a variation that comes out in a year as well. So I don't know if you could find these—the other ones I just mentioned—as mm-hmm. as readily. I. You may have to go on a national treasure Nick Cage. <laughs> I, I think you would because you can't even find Bourbon County Stout readily. I mean, right. that's something that's very challenging to find. And if you do see it, you want to jump on the chance to try it. Yeah, which, which we exactly all did. Would, yeah. <laughs> Anytime you get to try the Bourbon Stout from Goose Island, that is always a great time. So it was very fun to seek that out again and really enjoyed that. Sounds like you were chomping at the bit to find it. Oh yes, yes, I was, Mister Mister Ed style. <laughs> that didn't even sound like a horse. No, that <laughs> no, that sounded like a ghost. <laughs> I, I am not very good at barnyard animal impressions. I'll say that now. So if I try again later in the show and it sounds equally as shitty, I'm just I'm not even going to apologize. It just just know that's how it is. So speaking of impressions, uh, what are your guys' impressions of this uh, Rebellion Red by Whitehorse? I'm the Rebellion Red. I taste like wine. See, that's my impression. Ah! <laughs> this is not anything that I expected it to be. Same here. I, I, I honestly was just expecting a run-of-the-mill red, just a good classic beer, and this is nothing like it. Right. Like, even when we were picking the beers out for the show today, we went through the White Horse section, and they just all seemed to have, like, the kind of standards. Mm-hmm. They had a brown, a red, an IPA, and a Pilsner. Yeah. So when you just see a regular red, you're thinking you're going to get a regular red flavor, and this is just kind of all over the place, but not in a bad way. No, it's not. In my personal opinion, it's not a bad beer, but if you're looking for a red, it may not trip your trigger. So this is this is kind of going back to the Craic, where it doesn't follow the style guidelines that you appreciate. <laughs> Correct. So you have to go back to just very simply, is it a good beer or is it not? I think think it's a good beer? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> wow, these final impressions are maybe not so final. Um, for me, I'm not saying I'm not enjoying drinking it, but I'm not really tasting, even after a couple more sips, I'm not really tasting some of that oaky flavor that I was hoping to get from the, s- the spirals. Yeah. I'm getting much more of a tartness, and it does does kind of finish like a wine in a way, and I'm, I'm a bit of a wino, so I, I drink wine from time to time. But it's almost like a carbonated wine it finishes with, and there's kind of that little fizzle in the back of your throat, which is not necessarily what you get when you finish wine. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about this one, too. So I guess I like it, question mark? (laughs) Question mark? (laughs) Adam, can you bring any clarity to this? No. No, because unfortunately I'm kind of with you guys. I I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. So I'm going to say... I guess? 
Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> wow. As three hosts of a craft beer show where we're supposed to be enlightening the audience on these beers, that was probably the worst one we've ever done. <laughs> um, I'm going to say everybody just has to try it for themselves. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't dislike it. It's and that's just... I think it comes down to personal preference because it is not a red... It, you just have to trust your own personal taste. So the only recommendation that I can give is you got to try it yourself and make your own damn decision. Thanks, White Horse, for throwing out curveball. Throwing out this curveball, but not in a bad way. It's something that we can definitely hit. I guess everybody has to try this one and kind of make your own judgment. What we're going to do is we'll take a quick break, uh, noodle it over a little more, and decide if we really like this beer or not. And then we'll be back at you with some more racing fun. Pony. are off they fire out of the gate they're coming down the first part of the track there now they're approaching the first turn and it looks like here of the horses on the track we have the white horse that is out to an early lead but close behind and closing in are two other horses there's only three horses on the entire track that seems like a pretty boring race no there are more horses but they're so far behind that they have no chance of winning this kentucky derby we have the white horse in the lead as i mentioned and two horses close behind falling down the back stretch we have the dark horse where let's <laughs> But yes, we have the Rail the Spar by Dark Horse, and this is a stout brewed with sarsaparilla root and vanilla beans. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, me too. I saw that one in the fridge, and I kind of, kind of zeroed in on it. Now, unlike the White Horse that hails from Berlin, Pennsylvania, the Dark Horse is brought to us courtesy of Marshall, Michigan. Right there on the mitten. Uh, yes, it is, and it's coming in at an 8.5 percent. Are you sure you didn't swap that out with Mobile One? Yeah, boy. Now that is coming up really quick on that white horse because the white horse was only at of what, 5.4%? Yeah. Coming up quick. What does this beer look like? Looks like motor oil, as Adam already expressed. Yep. It's very dark. Yep. The light does not go through. Nope. No, it is impenetrable. Yep. The head retention and the latticing. Like, latticing? Yeah. The one that. Would when that be you, lacing? Shut up. Latticing, that's when you're putting up weird fence so your ivy can grow on it. Or making those good french fries. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Chick-fil-A? Yep. They got them lattice fries. Man, we should go get some Chick-fil-A. Maybe but we gotta we, drink maybe this beer first. Maybe we should pair beers with Chick-fil-A. Maybe we should pair beers with fast food and then not eat the fast food. And just drink the beer? And just drink the beer. <laughs> Alright, so I'm sticking my nose in this beer and it smells... I can smell the vanilla, vanilla beans right off the bat. And they smell yeah. very tasty. I love the smell of vanilla bean. Yeah, I'm getting that right up front. I don't know if I would even know what sarsaparilla root smells like. I don't think I've ever had that before. You well, have a sarsaparilla? Just the drink sarsaparilla? No, I haven't. It's like root beer, but it's sarsaparilla. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I have not had it. Sioux City sarsaparilla? I remember drinking that when I was a kid. Hell yeah, that's still around. It is still around. And that was actually one of the 
one of my my treats growing up as a child mm. was every once in a great while I used to have a Sioux City, Sioux City sarsaparilla. Try saying that eight times fast. No, no, thanks. <laughs> so this should taste a little bit like root beerish mixed yeah. with vanilla root beer, I guess. Yeah, I think you're gonna get like hopefully you'll get like a vanilla root beer spice. Yeah. Okay, you know, not not quite like a root beer float. No, shouldn't shouldn't be that sweet, and it is not. No, it's not sweet. It's not creamy. Really, I think it's a little creamy. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Let me try it again. So, every time I have a dark beer like this, mm -hmm. you know what I'm going to say. What? You know how they should serve it? On nitro? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I'm such a nitro fiend as of late, but I am. <laughs> now, this isn't really meant to be a bitter beer by any means. At least I don't think so. But no. I'm getting a bitter taste in my mouth. In my mouth. In your in mouth. Your mouth. <laughs> you get a bitter taste in your mouth. <laughs> I'm getting a bitter taste in my mouth when I drink this guy. So, I don't know. Are you guys getting I'm, that at all? I'm getting that a little bit, and I think it's uh, kind of a chocolate note. So, more of a bitterness in terms of like a cacao mm -hmm. rather than a hop. Yeah. Similar to the, the way that uh, Snowflower Porter was. Mm. I'm, get, I'm getting that kind of chocolate bitter out of it. Yeah. I'm tasting a little bit of it. Yeah, I got that good from the, the Snowflower, but for this one here... I'm not tasting any of the chocolate. It's just coming at me so bitter. So the one thing yeah. I'm, I'm noticing with this is it is the exact opposite type of beer that you should be drinking if you were at the Kentucky Derby. Absolutely. This, yeah, this yeah, is probably exactly. one of the worst beers you could get there in terms of style. Right. Oh you're, boy. If you're standing out in the infield and you got the sun beating down on you. <laughs> yeah. You are not going to reach into the cooler and grab this. No, no, no. Actually, you're not going to reach down and grab into the cooler at all because uh, I don't think you're allowed to bring your own drinks in. You are absolutely not. So, and they have drinks in there for you, and they are quite expensive. Yes. However, that is one of those places where it, that is an experience, and and you just kind of have to buck up and assume it's part of the experience. And and one of the biggest experiences or parts of the experience at the Kentucky Derby is the official drink of the Kentucky Derby. Sam, what is the official drink of the Kentucky Derby? For those that may not know. The official drink of the Kentucky Derby is, of course, the mint julep. Now, the mint julep is a very tasty beverage that is traditionally made with bourbon, mint, sugar, and water. It is a fantastic little beverage, and it is consumed by the many at Kentucky or at Churchill Downs. The mint julep is the official drink, as we mentioned, of the Kentucky Derby, and this actually came to fruition in 1938. And one of the interesting things about that is Kentucky bourbon uh, accounts for 95% of the world's bourbon. So you're saying that a bourbon does not have to be made in Kentucky to be considered a bourbon? That is not one of the, the requirements? It doesn't have to be, it, but it does have to be made in America. It can't be made outside of the country and still be sick. considered a you're bourbon. Really <laughs> but... Like I said, 95% of the world's bourbon is made right there in Kentucky. As it should to, be. Yeah, if you go to any distillery in Kentucky, they're they're producing that delicious Kentucky bourbon that's actually made with 51% corn, which is another rule that, uh, that must follow to be considered a bourbon. Very cool. Yeah, 51% corn. Now, what's very interesting about the mint julep is that it is actually not made with bourbon. Well, I take that back. It's traditionally made with bourbon, but if you have one at Churchill Downs where the Kentucky Derby is held, it is actually made with whiskey. And it's made with the whiskey from a company called Early Times. And Early Times is really 
the official whiskey of the Kentucky Derby, and it has been since 1987. And what happened is essentially the parent company for this this whiskey early times, uh, Brown Foreman is their is their corporation. Uh, they signed an exclusive contract with Churchill Downs, and that contract stated that this early times whiskey is the whiskey that's going to be served there, and that's how they're going to make mint juleps at Churchill Downs. So while a traditional uh, mint julep has bourbon and is made with bourbon, the one that you would get if you went to the Kentucky Derby is not. That's some shrewd marketing on there. Isn't that crazy to think about? I don't know if I like that. I don't hear that, people. You're being taken advantage of. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that is something that most people probably don't know. And after two or three, they probably don't care. That's exactly what I was going to say. They go there. They're they're there in the experience. They're watching the horses. They're gambling. They're losing money. They're drinking mint mint juleps. And they probably don't give a damn what it's made with as long as they keep them coming. Uh, Yeah. I can't imagine anybody who would get too bummed out. No. Uh, you got to be a real discerning taste to get upset about that. And I don't know anybody that has that sort of acumen to, to number one, find that, that taste change, and number two, not understand the, the differences between what you get at Church, Churchill Downs and what you get at anywhere else. Because if that's the way they serve it at Churchill Downs, it's okay in my book. Yeah. It really is. Plus, bourbon falls under the whiskey umbrella, so right. it's True. still a type of whiskey. True. Right. Um, yeah. Like Adam said, you would have to know what the difference between early times whiskey and what general rules of bourbon is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In and order then, to be able to pull out what the hell that... And then like, on top of that, you have to care. Yeah, and then you have to care. And then on top of that, you have to do something about it. That's <laughs> way too many layers. I'm going to protest. You go right ahead. <laughs> exactly. By the time that all happened, you would have missed the entire Kentucky Derby. Which, interestingly enough... I didn't always know this, but until we actually uh, went to the Kentucky Derby one year, I didn't. I never realized that the Kentucky Derby was just one race. Wait. Like, I knew that when you went there, the whole bucket kind of fell under the Kentucky Derby. But isn't the Kentucky Derby just the final race? Right. It's actually not even the final race. Oh, that's true. I guess there are some it's races just after that. the main race. It's the yeah. main the race. event. Yeah, so that was very interesting to me. Like, you, you go to the Kentucky Derby and you expect to see a whole bunch of races, which you do, but actually only one of the races, the main race, is the, right. is the Derby. The other races, races just occur there. So for me, it was, it, funny enough, for, for me it was the exact opposite. I always thought it was just some sort of just general build-up and general party, and then there was just the one race. Interesting. I, I, you didn't know there was going to be other races? I'm not a horse racing fan. I went because it's the Kentucky Derby. That's something that's sort of just a bucket list item. Right. You just, you're an American, you go, uh, if you have the opportunity. So I just assumed, all right, I'll watch two minutes worth of horse racing and I'll party the rest of the day. Nay, nay. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> another one for Adam, another point. I mean, they, they've got over a dozen races going on all day. Uh, so you can you can win money, you can lose money, you can be entertained all damn day. Yeah, it's really a full day's event. Like you yeah. go there, you bring your lawn chair, you plop it down, and you better be in it for the long haul. If you find yourself at the Kentucky Derby, or even just at home watching the Kentucky Derby, check it out. The mint julep. Another thing that we were talking about earlier was the Bourbon County Stout by Goose Island. Yes. And. One of the interesting things about that, which ties back to the mint julep and Kentucky in general, is it was originally aged in Jim Beam barrels, which is bourbon right out of Kentucky. Makes sense. That's the original batch. So, do you know when they started brewing that stuff? How long has it been in in production, I guess, 
to, to say? Not as long as you would think. Okay. How long do you think it's been around? Well, I, I guess that depends how long has Goose Island been around. Well, okay, base yourself off when Jimmy Carter allowed craft brewing to start coming. Uh, so you're looking at the 80s at least. Yeah. So I'm going to say 1984. That seems very Orwellian. That's the year I was born. And I'm going to say that it was probably about eight years after that when I was about a young a young tyke at eight years old, around 92. Around 92. Just a full? Yeah. Well, Sam would be correct on that. Yes. Almost as I if he had prior drink, knowledge. I am not <laughs> drinking the hurricane today. All right. <laughs> Almost as if he might have had prior knowledge of that. But, yeah, it was actually back in 1992. Although, Greg Hall, the head brewer for Goose Island, has said it it's kind of a speculation. He knows it wasn't 1991, and he knows it wasn't 95. But, oh. but most people kind of agree that it was 92. I wonder if there's any left of the original batch, the original version. That's an interesting. That's an interesting idea. I don't know about that. I wonder. I wonder what kind of money that would pull at at an auction. Man, you're talking maybe Pappy Van Winkle had <laughs> a booze levels. Yeah. Oh, it'd be easy over a thousand bucks. Yeah. For a bottle, that I mean, that's some that's been aging in the bottle for what twenty five years, years. twenty five yeah, years, yeah, twenty five years now. But uh, uh, that's over two dec- two and a half decades. Yeah, that's what that is. It's quarter of a century. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can do this all day. Well, except for Fortnite's, I can't do that math that <laughs> Well, the story goes, um, Greg Hall from Goose Island uh, had met with uh, Booker No, and Booker No was Jim Beam's actual grandson. Oh, okay. And that's and then they formed a relationship and they wound up getting barrels from Jim Beam. Part of this came about is because Greg Hall wanted to do something special for their thousandth batch of beer. Oh, interesting. Okay. So everything just kind of lined up. So it was a complete celebration. Mm-hmm. It, it just all kind of lined up like the stars aligned and everything came together. And he made that very first batch of the Goose Island Bourbon County Stout and he took it to the Great American Beer Festival in Denver. Okay. Somewhere between 1992 and 1995. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's why most people, I, I believe, even though he's not sure of the year, mm-hmm. I think everybody else kind of remembers it from the 92 year. Because okay. <laughs> that's the first time something like that's come around. Okay. So that was the original bourbon barrel aged beer. Yep. That is the A number one, the alpha. Yeah. I wonder it's so damn good. They've had the most practice out of anybody. Yeah. So since we're talking about the Kentucky Derby, there is a, a beer style that I recently came across that is the exact opposite of what you guys were talking about. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, it, it is called the Kentucky Common. Uh, oh, really? It, it, yes. Uh, it is a somewhat of a rarity in terms of styles. Not many breweries do it. Uh, it's actually a very throwback style. And at one point in time, it was actually consumed, I believe it was 75% all beer, 75% of all beer in Louisville was this Kentucky Common style. Hmm. The best way to describe it is it is very akin to a cream ale. So oh, okay. It, it, okay. It, it is lighter. It is it is very quickly produced. When I was reading up on it, it said that from beginning to end, from grain to glass, would be about 10 days. Wow. Really? Yeah. That quick? So they needed to mass produce this stuff quick because people were ready to drink their booze. Yes, yes. Uh, and that was one of the things is that since it was a, a less expensive beer, it became very popular with the working class in Louisville. And that's why it became very popular in that region. You had a lot of European immigrants in there. Uh, everybody was still being upwardly mobile. And that was definitely a working class beer that people enjoyed. Unfortunately, it has kind of declined. It almost went extinct. 
there are a few breweries that are still that are still producing it. Uh, one of them is actually the Fall City Brewing, which this actually has a Pittsburgh tie to it. Okay, how's that? Because at one point in time, the Fall City Brewing Company was owned by the Pittsburgh Brewing Company. Oh, so that makes sense as to why they're producing such garbage beer. Oh, oh man. <laughs> this is the Kentucky's version Iron City, man. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what exactly I'm hearing now. What it is is a working man's beer. I mean, it may not be the best tasting beer, but you can't shit on it too much. I mean, this is a, that's a staple of your community right yeah. there. Staple of their community. You're rejecting your Yinzer blood. Yes. Well, the, it's, a it's a staple of their community, but the Iron City is a staple of our community. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That would have been great to know about when we were down in Louisville to try to hunt that down. Because one of the things I like to do when I travel to cities around the country is really try their staple beers, you know, crappy as it may be from a Lone Star. Well, so we don't know that. We don't know that it's crappy. We can't, uh, we can't uh, not. <laughs> I we don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm making an insinuation here. I refuse to. I'm going to make an educated guess, being that you just said that they were owned by the Pittsburgh Brewing Company. No, no, no. <laughs> this is just one of the breweries that produces a Kentucky Common. Okay. They're, they're not the only brewery. Okay. This is just an, an example of a Louisville-based brewery that still keeps this style alive. Still, uh, though, it's, it's worth trying the style when yeah. you're in these yes. places yes. Yeah. and yeah. in these cities. But I highly doubt the quality is much better than an Iron City or an Old Style or a Lone Star or something right. like that. Uh, old what about yeah. Old German? The world knows no finer. Whoa. Oh, the <laughs> world knows finer, Adam. We, we, we know finer. I don't know. That's what it said on the label. I'm inclined to believe him. <laughs> well, if it's on the label, must you be can't true. Because this label of the Dark Horse beer that we're drinking right now said that the Dark Horse Brewing Company is from Marshall, Michigan, and that this beer is brewed with sarsaparilla root and vanilla bean. And I believe all of that to be true. Yeah. All right. So to remind everybody, we are drinking the Rail Lespar from Dark Horse. And it is, um, we're going to see after, you know, we rate this beer, how that is going to, you know, compare if it's going to catch up at all to the, the White Horse and this uh, Kentucky Derby race we're going through here. So, you know, for me, after a couple more sips, I, I think this beer, it tended to mellow out a little bit. And maybe just because it got a little bit warmer, maybe I was just getting used to the bitter flavor, but it wasn't bothering me as much. What I do like about this beer is I think it's a very clean beer packed with vanilla bean flavor, which is a flavor that I thoroughly enjoy in coffee, beer, ice cream. And Steve may think it's a little creamy. I don't know so much. It does have a little bitterness on it. It's not as creamy for me, but overall, not too bad. In comparison to the White Horse, I honestly don't know if the Dark Horse is better or if the White Horse is better at this point. I think it's really going to come down to that photo finish for me at the end. So, I, And I think that's what happens with that red that isn't a red, and I don't think it's anything else. I don't know how the hell to compare it to anything else. Yeah, this is just a very, this is another very, very unique beer. Mm -hmm. Steve? I'm thinking, I'm actually on the fence about it. In general or versus the White Horse? Uh, no, in general. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence about it. It has those kind of, you know, nice flavors that are in there, but I'm not getting them as much as I prefer. Just doesn't know. have the levels that you're looking for? Yeah, I, I guess I was kind of looking more for a spice as well, being sarsaparilla. Yeah, you're not getting the Sioux City. Right, right. I was looking for more of a spice to it, and a little less on the vanilla bean, maybe, and a little less on kind of the creamy and chocolate notes. So it, 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 too many different ingredients and too many different tastes are trying to vie for yeah. for tongue space. Right, right, exactly. I like the way it kind of coats my mouth and everything, but mm -hmm. uh, I just kind of wish it did something different. Yeah. 
Uh, for for me, I, I'm kind of with you guys. It didn't it didn't jump out at me. It's not bad, and that's about it. It's not bad. I don't believe that I would seek it out. You know what's interesting? I want to go back to a comment you said earlier, Adam, about kind of buying for that tongue space. Mm -hmm. Listening to us discuss this beer, it's almost like we all had a different drinking experience, and we were actually able to taste different flavors within this beer because there were so many. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why we're all on the fence still. <laughs> it, it could be. Maybe it's because it doesn't actually choose a direction. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't I don't know if I hate it. No, I don't hate it either, but I don't love it. Yeah, I don't love it. I don't love uh, it. And honestly, I'm, I was pretty hyped about this one, and I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah, I think that's the other thing is, again, I had expectations, yeah. and my expectations weren't met. It's not It's not a bad beer. It no, just it's not a great beer. For claiming to be based on a sarsaparilla, I expected it to be based on a sarsaparilla. Well, is it based on a sarsaparilla, or does it just Well, have... it's brewed with sarsaparilla well, root, yeah. so, and you're calling it Rail La Spar. And sarsaparilla. There, and there is a sarsaparilla It's in the root. damn name. Oh, it's an anagram, you butt. Get it now. <laughs> and there's a sarsaparilla root saying something rail on the spar. label. <laughs> He's saying Rail La Spar on the label. Yeah. So, so I, ex I expected more in that direction out of it. I just wish it did something different. That's fair. Well, like mo most great horse races, this one is going to come down to the finish. But we have one more horse in the game, and we are going to introduce him next. And we will do that as soon as we get back from this quick break. Stay tuned. Coming down the home stretch, we have the white horse out in front, but just by a little bit, the dark horse is coming up fast. But wait, there's one more contender, and he's not far behind. It is the river horse. Get it? No. Because the river horse isn't an actual horse, it's a hippopotamus. Oh, a hip hop anonymous. It's a hip hop anonymous. Why does he get all the easy ones? So, Sam, what the devil is this? So, the river horse, aka the hippopotamus, is coming up fast. And he has brought a beer with him that looks very appealing to me. And his beer is called the Hop Hazard. Hmm. And this sounds like something out of Mario Kart that could cause the other two horses to flub up. And the river horse, I could see him at the very end of the race finishing by a nose. So this is your blue shell? My blue shell, yeah. Well, the blue shell will only hit the person that's in first place. I'm, th I'm thinking that this is at least two to three red shells. Take out second, take out first, cruise yeah. right by. Okay. Or perhaps a triple mushroom. Yeah, that's true too. So the river horse is probably gonna be packing a whole bag of tricks in this bottle. And the, with the hop hazard, until we actually open this bad boy up and start sampling it, we're probably not gonna know which trick that hippopotamus has up his sleeve. Well, let's, let's crack this hip hopanonymous open. So while we pour up this beer, just a little bit about it, the Hop Hazard is an American style pale ale. It comes in at about six and a half percent. And this is from a brewery called River Horse Brewing Company. It's out of Ewing, New Jersey. So this is gonna be, like I said, an American pale ale uh, with kind of a golden orange hue. And it's supposed to finish kind of hoppy, uh, a little bit florally. So. We'll, uh, we'll take a look at this beer and see how this horse compares to the other two and if it could uh, 
make its big push for the finish line here. Was there any word on what the IBUs was on this bad boy? How much I'm going to like it or not like it? Hmm. I no. could not track it down. Well, I guess I could just try it. Yeah. So, so the description uh, you just read is on the spot when it says golden orange hue. Well, I was say, I assume you got that off the website. The, the golden hue is definitely from the website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it does have a nice golden hue to it. I'm seeing a decent amount of sediment actually in this beer. I'm, yeah, I'm seeing that as well. I'm seeing little pieces, well, and I'm seeing kind of more bigger pieces. That would make complete sense, though. Uh, this is an unfiltered. American Pale Ale. That's true. So, mm -hmm. that makes sense. So, that makes sense why you'd see that sediment. Mm -hmm. After a quick smell, I'm getting a few of those floral notes. I can smell some of the hops. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting more floral notes than hop notes. Doesn't smell bad. It smells very fresh. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is going to be overly hoppy. I think the name could be a little bit misleading with the hop hazard, but I guess really there's only one way to find out. Hmm. 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 Now, I'm getting some some fruit flavors, some of those floral notes right up front. Doesn't taste too, too hoppy to me. No, it doesn't. I, and honestly, what I was expecting was it to be kind of a sneak attack beer, where similar to a, a Hip Hop Anonymous, is that when you see it above the water level, all you see are the ears and a little bit of the nose. Mm -hmm. So what you don't see is the Five tons. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was expecting. I was expecting something, you know, kind of pedestrian smelling. You know, it's it's not going to give away what it actually is. And then when you taste it, it just absolutely socks you in the mouth. Mm. Yeah. That's what I was expecting. Did not get that. With the name itself, I was expecting more of a hoppy flavor. Right, yeah. But it's not an IPA, so yeah, when you it doesn't have to have it. Yeah, when you scream hop hazard, that's... Like, oh, danger, watch out, hops. It's kind of just like, oh, hey, hey, bro. So, are, are you guys getting a, a honey taste off of this? Yes, I am. I, I'm actually getting that kind of on the back end mm -hmm. after I get through the floral notes. Yeah. A, a little bit for me. I would be curious to see. I don't know, and it unfortunately doesn't say on the bottle, but what specific hops were used in the making of this beer. Yeah. Because there's some unique flavors. And, and overall, this isn't... This isn't bad, but yeah, just look at the label with the big caution tape with hop hazard written across of it. I, I was expecting something a little bit more punchy in the mouth. Mouth here's the hoppy flavor that Another, you've been expecting. So I've noticed the pattern so far with all three beers. Mm -hmm. Expectations have been not met. Correct. The so, the I, red is not a red. Nope. The sarsaparilla beer. Railaspar. Yeah, Railaspar. That wasn't. Uh, a sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla e. Sarsaparilla ishenif. And this hop hazard is not hitting the hop notes as no. much. And it has a weird hop to it, uh, in that it seems to come kind of in the middle of a taste. You know what I'm saying? No. Like it's not it's not a punch up in front, and it's not lingering on the back end either. It just kind of crescendos in the middle. Kind of like right uh, while it's sitting on your tongue there. Yeah. But it dissipates as soon as you put it down the gullet. Right. It's just like. Hey, hot spot. I'm all right with that. After yeah. another sip, I can I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's hmm. very that's very interesting. Because the only thing that these beers really have in common are that they are all some all the breweries are a variation of the word horse. Right. <laughs> so you know we nothing re else. We really screwed up because we didn't get any pony bottles of Rolling Rock. Uh, ah, yeah. I guess we did another. <laughs> we could save that for the Kentucky Derby next year. Maybe by that point we'll be on about episode. 
100. No. 62. 62. 62. Yay, That's an easy math, math bro. Very easy. Yikes. We'll be on episode 62. Easy and math, bro. We bring in the pony bottles at that time. All right, so what are we doing next, Steve, as we continue to drink on our hop hazard? Well, to close out this episode, I figured let's play a game. Okay. But let's play... Let's keep it a little friendly. Yeah. Nobody's going to be drinking any hurricanes or anything. Thank all that is going to be decent. Oh, no. I really wanted to see Adam drink another hurricane. That was a great <laughs> ending to last week's episode. You would think so? I completely disagree. That is gross. Just gross. It's, <laughs> it's gross. I can, I can emphasize because I had to do it you had, yeah, you a couple weeks prior. I was the numero uno of chugging the hurricane, and it, it was pretty gross. So what game are we playing today, Steve? So today I've come up with a game, and it's called... Beer or horse or both? And I have a little song. Is it a beer? Is it a horse? Or is it both? Let's find out. Dun, dun, dun. Nice. Yeah, so nice. Nice. That would be a great theme song for this podcast, I think. We should just open each segment with you singing that. <laughs> is this a beer? Is this a horse? No, I, I'm I'm down with it. Okay, that's something that you can that we can actually use versus all the copyright material <laughs> that we can't use that we want to. That's a song we can use. Can't use the ludicrous songs, but we can use the one I just wrote. Nice. Yeah, let's do it. All right, why don't you why don't you explain how this works? So how this works is I went and I looked up the top 24 mm-hmm. horses that are going to be involved in Kentucky Derby. Okay. And then I went on Untapped and just found a couple of random beer names. Oh, okay. You know, so some of them were taken from the top style, like the top rated in their style. Okay. In my research, I found that there's one beer that also shares its name with a horse. Hmm. So what I'm going to do is um, we're just going to bounce back and forth. Sure. And I'm going to give you a name, and you're going to give me whether you think it's a beer or a horse or both. Let's do this. Perfect. So, Rules are simple enough. Yeah. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. I'll jump on that horse. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. man. You just, they just keep on coming. Yeah. I don't think I've gotten one this whole show. So yeah. if we were... Um, if the game was, if the game was horse, horse puns, horse puns <laughs> I would definitely be drinking the hurricane. Or maybe the pony bottle. Say, wouldn't it just be a game of horse? Oh, God. Yes. You guys can't keep up with the stampede of puns. No. Well, you know what, Adam? That just gave me an idea. What's that? We'll actually just play the rules of horse. So if you get it ah, wrong, okay, yeah. If you right. if you get it wrong, you will get an H, and so on and so forth. Okay, live improvisation. I like it. I may not have enough for that, but we'll see. That's all right. I'm gonna dominate anyways. Uh, so, uh, but let's just start with an easy one. Okay. Uh, Dreamweaver. Is that a beer, a horse, or is it both? That is a beer. And can you give me the brewery just for shits and giggles? I believe that is. Bells or Trogues? I can't remember which. Trogues. Okay, Trogues. Trogues. Yeah. I'm not going to expect you to get them all because I've taken some from everywhere. Okay. But that's a pretty easy one. So. So it's my turn. Adam got his first one, right? Let's yep. uh, so, give me a good so one. So if it's Dreamweaver, wouldn't that also be Tia Carrera as well? Yes. Because she is a Dreamweaver. But she's not a horse. No, Don't ever call not. her that. Oh, I certainly <laughs> will not. She's Baby of Majora. Tia <laughs> Carrera, we talked about her. She was in Wayne's World. Yeah. Not Tia Leone. No, not Tia Leone. All right, what's my what's my horse or beer? All right, Sam. Always dreaming. I am going to say that that is a horse. Yeah, that's correct. And he is going to be running in the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. Yes. All right, that was easy. Give Adam a hard one so he gets a letter. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, Adam. The Battle of Midway. The Battle of Midway. Was that I'm between, going. Was that between that restaurant in uh, in Manaka versus the city of Manaka? <laughs> <laughs> the Battle of Midway <laughs> to, to see if it wouldn't get bulldozed over. Yeah. I'm going to say it was a horse. Oh, you got one. Another one. Or is <laughs> a horse? It is a horse. Okay. All right, Sam. Irish war cry. That is, of course, a horse. Of course it is a horse. It is a horse, of course. Of course, of course. Of course. All right, Adam. The calm before the storm. The calm before the storm is a beer. Okay. Can you give me the brewery? Off hand? Maybe? Possible? I know it for the steel. <laughs> uh, Lake Erie Brewing. No, is it him? Well, I thought I knew, but I might not. I thought it was Ballast Point. It is. Yeah! Wow! That would be Ballast Point's cream ale. Woohoo! Because they have a... I was thinking I might have been wrong because they have the Victory at Sea, but then the, I re- remember that... The Victory at Sea, that's the, the that's a coconut porter, isn't it? They have a lot of variations yeah. of that beer. So yeah, they do. Maybe one of them is the coconut porter. I've had, I, I think I've had the coconut version of that one. or something. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving on. So I stole, so Adam gets a letter. Let's, let's just <laughs> What the hell does that work? Adam has H-O-R. He is a whore. <laughs> I have no letters. Adam that has point steal was worth three. <laughs> what the hell? Well, I guess Sam's making up. I guess so. Making up the rules. Making sure he wins. Yeah, I'm making the rules up as I go. That's how I like to play. All right. I always win. All right, Sam. Walking shoes. Walking shoes? Is that a beer or a horse or both? I think those or belong both. to Christopher Walken. You know, Walken shoes. Walkin oh, come shoes. on. We're doing all these horse puns. I throw out a Christopher Walken joke and nobody even laughs. That is correct, yes. yes. That sucks. I'm gonna say <laughs> yeah, it did. I'm going to say it's a horse. No. So I get an H-O. I'll be a hoe. Adam can be a whore. <laughs> Give me two letters for that one. I should have known that. What the hell? <laughs> he's making up. He's making up as I go. up as I go. So if I if I try to steal and I get it wrong, what happens? Nothing. Great. Yeah. Sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. I I don't want to be any you more can, letters. So you can either, if you want to try to steal from this, you obviously know. It's a beer. Not a, it, it's not a horse. It's a beer. It's a beer. I'm going to say it's by Clown Shoes Brewing. No. <sighs> Shoe brew? No. It's I, it's not one you guys would have gotten. What is uh, it? Blue Earl. Oh, I've never a, even heard of that. Yeah, it's a Hefeweizen. Ooh, oh, yeah. sounds good. Do you know yeah. where Blue Earl is out of? I didn't write it down. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. Look it up. <laughs> You've got the internet. Yeah, look it up. Try a little bit. You're an adult. <laughs> so I guess that's back to me? Back to you. All right. All right. The Royale with Brett. Look at the big brain on Brett. <laughs> the Royale with cheese. I'm going to say that that is a beer. That is a beer. Why don't you try to give me the style? Pilsner. No. I'm stealing. Saison. No. Neither of you guys are right. It is a Belgian IPA from the Appalachian Mountain Brewing Company. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, Sam. Okay, give me a good one. The hoe that he is. No, he's a whore now, isn't he? Ow. <laughs> You're the whore. I'm the hoe. All right, Sam. Here's one. Thundersnow. Thundersnow. Not to be confused with the Thunder Hop from Church Brewworks. Thunder Snow is, of course, a horse running in the Kentucky Derby this weekend. It's a horse. It's running in the Kentucky Derby. Don't look at me like that. I know that. I know Thunder Snow. He's my buddy. Adam? I'm going to say he's wrong. Well, what what is he wrong about? Well, he's wrong that... He's I don't think wrong. I'm wrong about anything. Ever? No, not on this question. <laughs> I don't believe... Uh, I, I think it's both. 
There you go. You you worked your way through. <laughs> I'm a problem solver. Thunder Snow is actually both. Oh, is it? It is it is a horse running in Kentucky Derby, but it's also a Scottish ale from Mad Tree Brewing. Oh, Mad Tree. I've actually heard of Mad Tree before. All right, now I'm a whore. So what's the whore's whore? <laughs> it's whore to whore. <laughs> I think I saw a movie like that one time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you have. I saw Whore to Whore 3. <laughs> I was kind of lost in the story, though. I get that. All right, Adam. I got one more for you. Sure. J-Boy Zecco. J-Boy Zecco? Yeah. How do you spell Zecco? No, no. J-Boy's Echo. Oh, J-Boy's Echo. Yeah. Oh, damn. Not Zecco. <laughs> J-Boy Zecco. <laughs> J-Boy Zecco. <laughs> New album drops next Saturday. This is your boy Jay Z back <laughs> coming in live from LA. Live, I should said live from the Kentucky Derby. I'm stupid. <laughs> Jay rocking the rock pile. Dirty Mike and the boys. <laughs> All right, stop the leg, stop the leg. Is that a horse or is that a burr? I'm gonna say it's a. I'm gonna say it's a horse. Oh, that is a horse. Well, looks like at the end of this game we have a horror to a horse. All right. No one got a horse, but yet through Sam's uh, creative scorekeeping, he has won. <laughs> and through my amazing rulemaking, Adam is drinking two hurricanes today. <laughs> Shenanigans. Boo. Well, that was a fun game, and that got us introduced to some of the horses that are going to be running in the Derby this week. Yeah. So who do you got winning? Classic uh, Empire. I like the Thunder mm. Snow. You like Thunder Snow? I like Thunder Snow just because I like that name. He seems like a good horse. So, Sam. Yes. Your river horse. Now that you've been able to enjoy it a little bit more, uh, you, you've had it wash over your palate. Uh, it has run the track. Uh, it's back in the stable. It is quietly munching on oats. Happy as can be. Um, Do hippopotamuses eat oats? They eat anything they want. They're hippopotamuses. I've seen one so. smash a watermelon. Yeah, I've seen that before. <laughs> when you toss a watermelon into a hippo's mouth and yeah. it literally will crush it. Okay, so it's back at the stables and it's eating watermelon. <laughs> Perhaps marbles. I don't know. What do you think of the beer? Well, you know, after uh, you know, after careful consideration of this river horse, that's a sentence I never thought I'd hear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am gonna go with I like it. Um, now, normally you guys know I'm a hophead, and this hop hazard beer doesn't provide as as many you know punchy in the face hops as some of those IPAs and double IPAs that I like. But what I like about this beer is that up front. And even on the nose, it hits you with a lot of floral characteristics, and they're very tasty. And then it kind of peaks with the hoppiness, and then kind of just mellows out at the end. Leaves you with a little hop flavor lingering on the back of your tongue, but overall, a nice, clean beer. It's sedimenty, but one thing I like is that I don't taste any of the sediment in the sips that I'm taking. So I think this is a good beer. I, I enjoy it. And of all the beers that we've had today, I think this one is probably the most true to the pale ale style that it claims to be. Well, I would hope so, because it's the only one that's supposed to be a pale ale. <laughs> you, know, you, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I find myself liking this beer more and more as I drink it. It has that... You've already you know explained how you know it tastes and the way it kind of goes through those different flavor changes. So, And I completely agree with that. Uh, the only thing I would add to that is, like, every now and then I get a little twinge of, like, a sweet honey flavor to it. And, you know, it just kind of makes me enjoy it more. The hops aren't over overly harsh. 
and I think most people could probably get into this beer and maybe enjoy it. I think so. It's interesting you, what you say about the honey, because I, I, as I continued to drink it, I thought at first I might have got some of the honey, but I feel like I'm just tasting some hoppiness on the back end. It was mellow for me, but I wasn't getting the honey flavor. So here's my here's my theory about that, maybe, because I just had a little bit more, and my glass was very cloudy, like very, very cloudy. And I got more of the honey notes while it was very, very cloudy. So I'm wondering if that sediment is contributing to that pop-up. If, Possibly. If the if those you know notes were kind of hidden in that in the you know cloudiness, so I don't know. Yeah, good theory. Adam, what about you? What did you think? Well, I, this beer was very misleading, and, and this has already been discussed. But you look at the packaging, you look at the name of of the beer, and I was I was a little bit worried about this one. I'll be perfectly honest. Um, it says pale ale. It says hop hazard. I'm looking at it. Uh, all right, I'll I'll get through this thing. And maybe I'll find something I can tolerate in it. I was pleasantly surprised. I, I actually like this beer a lot more than I thought it would. One of the things is that it is not very high in IBUs at all. It's it's common in at about 40 IBUs, which when you have hop hazard flashing the lights on it, you're expecting to get, you know, just pellets in your mouth. Just yeah. hot pellets in your mouth. And you didn't get that. Uh, and it was very well balanced. There was definitely a lot of a maltiness involved in it as well. Uh, that that honey taste popped up once in a while. I liked it a lot more than I I assumed that I would. So that kind of that goes back to the packaging and preconceived notions. That that is kind of just a, a side note for everybody. Try all the beers that you can. You never know what you're gonna find. I I, I didn't hate it. So with that, I, we'll see how it stacks up against the other ones. Uh, so with this one, uh, Steve, uh, it's it's time for this to uh, to be wrecked. What's your win? What's your place? What's your show? I have the Hop Hazard as my win. Mm-hmm. That was a surprising beer for me, and I really enjoyed the kind of new flavors. Not new, but uncommon in a way. Like, I don't always get you know floral notes in a IPA and everything like that. It was a lot fresher and cleaner. Uh, fresh and so clean, clean. Yeah, don't sing too much of that. We'll get sued. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly what it was, and, and just kind of those uh, pop-up honey notes. So I really like that. My place? would be the Dark Horse, Barrel the Spar. I like it generally as a beer. I wasn't impressed and I wasn't happy with uh, the the fact that it didn't live up to my sarsaparilla expectations. But overall, it's still just a good drinking stout, so can't really go wrong with it. You are Mr. Stouts and Porters, after all. Yeah, yeah, I can't really fault it for, you know. For being just a well-crafted beer. Right. It's a well-crafted stout. It doesn't live up to my expectations, but mm. eh. Oh, well. And in show, uh, I'm going to go with the Rebellion Red. It's uh, it's such a strange combination of flavors. You're just mixing in there, and it's not something that I was prepared for. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, I don't think any of us were prepared for it. No, none no. of us were. But uh, it's, it's, it's fine. It's I suggest everybody go try it. I'm not saying it's a bad beer or anything. It's just... Uh, also, because it does have that kind of wine back end and almost grape nose to it, for me, I'm not a big fan of wine, so it didn't it didn't win me over with that. But it was something like I, I suggest everybody try. Sam, which one are you putting the roses on? All right, so for me, all of the horses coming down the final stretch, they are neck and neck. Uh, white horse and dark horse start to pull ahead a little bit. 
The river horse is in the back, but he is able to hit one of the question mark blocks, and he is able to pull out a green shell. He uses the green shell, and it hits the dark horse, and the dark horse goes spinning out of control. Then he realizes somehow he has a red shell, and <laughs> he shoots that right at the, <laughs> the white horse and knocks the white horse out of control and speeds past to get the win. So, for me, the Hop Hazard and the River Horse Hippopotamus has come in first place. So, that one has, has won the Kentucky Derby for me. I uh, really enjoyed the River Horse. It's a nice, nice pale ale. Uh, although it's not as hoppy as I would have liked it, it's a clean drinker. The floral notes are out and about. And I really enjoyed the, the hot flavor that did linger around in my mouth, even though it wasn't super prominent like some of the IPAs I like. It was still a very, very enjoyable beer. And I could actually see myself drinking this from time to time. This is a beer that I would order at a bar, no questions asked, if it was on top. This seems like a, something you would take out on a patio. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely could. And I mean, 6.5% could sneak up on you after a couple of these, but... You don't taste, it doesn't taste boozy at all, so no. it seems like a, no. a nice clean beer. So for me, since uh, the white horse was able to uh, recover quicker from the red shell that, that he got whacked with, and he finished the race uh, second, so that was the, <laughs> the, red, the red. And, you know, I don't know if I loved the red. It was just a very unique taste, and I will say I liked the red more than I liked the railless bar. It, it was a very unique taste. It didn't really mimic the style it was going for. Kind of had a wine type aftertaste to it, which tasted carbonated to me because obviously beer is carbonated and wine is not. What I'm getting at is, I, I, I don't know. I still feel that this beer is a giant question mark for me, but it's less of a question mark than the Rail of Spar. So as the Rail of Spar, Spar comes across the finish line to dispute the second place finish with the White Horse, I'm going to make sure that the white horse places and the dark horse shows because the rail is far to me. It was a porter that didn't taste like a porter. If I if I'm drinking a porter, I want something that's thick, creamy, and dark. And you know the vanilla bean is fine, the sarsaparilla root is fine, but there were just too many flavors going on in this beer for me, and I just didn't I just didn't get what I wanted from it. So. Final, uh, final ranking, uh, the River Horse wins the thing, uh, the White Horse places, and the Dark Horse shows. Hmm. Just to uh, correct you for a second there, Sam, the Railless Bar is a stout, not a porter. Oh, all right. I don't know if that helps your rankings out, <laughs> changes them around anything, because you're saying it doesn't drink like a porter. But thank you for the correction, Esteban, and that actually does not change my rankings at all. If I'm thinking of that stout, I like those flavors in a stout as well, and I'd be okay with that. But, you know, once again, just too many flavors for too me. Too much for you. Not exactly. Uh, didn't get the aftertaste. The end, the end, the end game wasn't there for me, so uh, that's why I came in last place today. Adam? Adam, you're up. So it's, it's interesting... Um, Steve, that you put the white horse in third place. Uh-huh. Sam, you put the white horse in second. And I am going to put the the white horse uh, as the winner, as a matter of fact. Okay. And the biggest reason behind that is because it was so different. I have not had a beer like that, if ever, in a very long time. Because it was so different, I, I have to try it again. And because it has intrigued me so much, I have to place it as the winner. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. It's and it was a good tasting beer, I think, 
<laughs> question mark? Exactly. Always a question, question mark. mark. And because it's so different, so unique, I have to put it in as the winner. So that puts the other two, the Dark Horse and the River Horse, in place and show. And honestly, I think they got the names reversed. Uh, because for me, the River Horse was actually the Dark Horse choice. In so much that it did a lot better than I anticipated it, Anticipated that it would. Uh, and that goes back to the labeling. That goes back to the name. Uh, I, I've been, for lack of a better term, trained to see that sort of stuff and shy away from it. Run away! Yeah, because I, I know that is not my style. A pale ale with just, you know, eight handfuls of hops in a single bottle, I'm not going to like. That being said, this beer I thought was really good. It was well-balanced. Um, I enjoyed it. If someone handed it to me, I would drink it again. Fair enough. All yeah. right. Sounds like we found yet another... <laughs> <laughs> Although this doesn't count as an IPA. It does not count yeah. as an IPA. This is an APA. Correct. So. APA, yep. And I, and I think what, what helped it a lot was the the balance with the maltiness, and especially with the honey that we had discussed earlier, I think that really helps pull away from the hops that may have been involved there, the hop mixture. I, I Again, I don't know what hops they used. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume there's four or five different hops that they used. Unfortunately, it puts the Dark Horse in, in show. Hmm. And it's not that it's a bad beer. It just didn't perform like I expected it to. It It's a perfectly fine beer. Didn't stand out to me. To, to wrap that up, the the White Horse uh, wins, the River Horse places, and the Dark Horse shows. Sounds good. All right. I think, uh, I think we got all the bases covered here, guys. All right. That's our Kentucky Derby for you. From... Uh, <laughs> From Hot Nation USA. From snout to tail, I think we got it all covered. Uh, <laughs> gotta get one last, uh, last oh, one yeah. last fun in oh, there. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nope. While you're out watching the Kentucky Derby this weekend, maybe try to hunt down a white horse, dark horse, or river horse, and try one of these beers for yourself. Um, see if you can find them, see what you think, and, you know, if worse comes to worse, you're still watching the two most exciting mo- minutes in sports. So you're going to be having yourself a good time. Unless you bet on the wrong horse, then you're going to probably lose some money and may not have that great of a time. So I'm going to jump in on what Sam said there. Um, the one thing that I really want to know is I want to hear some feedback on this white horse, this Red Rebellion. I want to hear what other people think. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> is it good? Question mark. <laughs> I need to hear other people's opinion on this thing. I think it's good, and I'm, I'm 99% convinced that it's good. But it's so different that I'm I'm still not entirely sure. So I want to hear from other people. I want to hear uh, from people on Twitter. I want to hear from Instagram. I want to hear them on Facebook. Email us if you got to. I, I want to hear what everybody else says about that beer. I'm genuinely curious. Well, if anybody wants to tell us what they really think about this Rebellion Red, they, you can find us on social media using the Hop Nation USA tag. Uh, that'll get you Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. If you want to email us, you can email us at hopnationusa at gmail.com. And you can find our shows on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please leave some nice reviews for us on iTunes. Five stars would be great. Helps us expand the show. That's all for our first episode in the double digits. Thank you for listening, Hop Nation, and we'll see you right back here next week for some more Hop Fun. 